This episode of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast is brought to you by the Embroiderers Guild of America. You're listening to the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. We're very serious crafters, and we craft very serious crafts. Very serious. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 18 of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. I'm Heidi from Hands Occupied. I'm Molly from Wild Olive. And I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors and the Bones and Bobbins podcast. Today we'll be talking about knitting afghans, glam pajamas, and another possibly haunted handmade doll. <laughs> it is the season, right? Yes. <laughs> it is. This isn't even my other podcast. <laughs> this is the non-spooky podcast. Yep. <laughs> it, it's, it's true. Although I think we have had 100% more haunted dolls here. <laughs> Actually, no, that's not true. Never mind. <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, things have been busy. How's it going? Things have been busy over in my world. Um, yeah. <laughs> really for, busy. <laughs> it's just, it's weird when you work for yourself and sometimes you're like, oh, I can't bring myself to like do the most basic of tasks. Because pandemic. Um, (laughs) And then suddenly you're like, oh, I have these things I want to do and I want to do them now. And then you do them. Within reason, though. Resting and not being manic is always a good thing, mental health friends. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm bad at that. But if you can harness the mania into productivity and know when to stop, it can serve you, in my experience. But sure. So the little bullet points of the last week for me have been I added merchandise to my shop. So physical objects. Very excited. I have enamel so pins. So cute. Yeah. And, and I have a new logo, which is boring for everyone except me. No, it's really cute. I like it. <laughs> and very time consuming to deal with. That's the thing that you don't, that you always forget about changing a logo. Yeah. And then yes. as of this morning, um, I also launched my newly revamped YouTube channel. So I've been busy and I'm going to take so a nap exciting. later. <laughs> I think you deserve a nap. Yeah. And like an Most ice cream. Definitely. <laughs> a nap and like an ice cream. Yes. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yes. All of those things. Please, please do that. Yeah. I Mental like health. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I feel very SpongeBob here, but I ripped my pants. <laughs> um <laughs> I've never seen Spongebob. <laughs> There's an episode where he rips his pants and everyone laughs and he like uses it for comic relief basically for the entire rest of the episode. And I had one of those moments where I ripped my pants the other day. And I know you both relate to this because we've talked about this before, but it was a pair of sleep pants. <laughs> my and... left butt cheek. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It was my left butt cheek. Oh my and, goodness. Um... <laughs> And it was a pair of pajama pants and it was like there were already seams that were starting to like weaken and the fabric just split and there was it was mending was not going to last very long anyway. So I thought, well, I just need to ditch them or I guess reuse the fabric, but the fabric's really thin. And so I like ended up down this um, idea of, okay, I need to be better about reusing fabric and having less waste and so um I was like exploring the idea of stuffing items with fabric or other scraps like that instead of regular stuffing Mm -hmm. yeah um and I watched a YouTube video from someone that I can't believe I watched the whole video she was not (laughs) 
real enjoyable to watch. But anyway, she's, uh, Molly. Molly's talking about my new channel. <laughs> Oh, I thought she was talking about Taylor Swift. <laughs> Neither of those. I don't even remember her name. It wasn't worth keeping. But anyway, Sorry. so now basically, basically I'm now in this place where I'm like, all right, well, I guess I need a place to store trash until I can use it again, which is terrible. I don't have room to store trash, but I need to, I want to do the right thing with it. And anyway, yeah, so I ripped my pants. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. That was a delightful story. Oh my goodness. Um, Oh, I can't believe you didn't share the story about um, finding uh, fabric in the piano again or looking at least in the piano again. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm going off script now, but. Yeah, no, I I did. I lost a a bolt of um, fusible web, uh, one like heavy duty wonder under like the paper backed kind. And um, yeah, Heidi. A whole bolt. Yeah, a whole bolt. And Heidi and several <laughs> others asked me on Instagram if I had checked the piano. <laughs> it was not that is a piano. fair question. It was a fair I, it, question. Given your history. Yeah. It was it was not in the piano. But it was also like not near any of my sewing and fabric supplies either. So yeah. Maybe the doll moved it. <laughs> it was definitely me. <laughs> it was definitely me. Well, okay, fine. It made sense when I found it, but anyway. I... Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> um only you, Molly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it will come as a surprise to exactly no one that um the thing that has been going on in my life this week is kitten related because mm-hmm. that's been the case since we got them i think yes um it's like a new baby (laughs) Haley's blinking a lot right now um anyway uh so (laughs) so people who have been longtime listeners because i believe this happened way before the podcast but it might not have because time has no meaning yeah um so my husband has an Emmy that he won, and it lives on our mantle. And I, at one point following the 2016 election, knitted that Emmy a very, very, very tiny pussy hat. And it's been wearing it (laughs) since then. And there are photos. I will I will find them and link to them. But it was it was gone mysteriously (laughs) this week. And I thought maybe it had gotten like it had fallen off and gotten vacuumed up or something like that. It never occurred to me to check the kitten toys. And as it turns out, hidden in one of the cat beds with other prized toys was my Emmy pussy hat. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, the, this thing is small enough that it fits on my. Yeah, I was going to say, like, like it would be the right size for one of your tiny pussy cats to wear it on her little <laughs> tiny paw. 
That is extremely true. And so I don't know which one of them took it. I don't know who was up there, but I really wish I had seen it happen because nothing was out of place. Like, the Emmy didn't fall. There was nothing. So it definitely wasn't Mr. Big Stuff. Um, I mean, it's true. Uh, So, yeah, um, it, it is a mystery. And I, once again, don't know where it is. It'll turn up. Probably. Yeah. What would be crazy is if it turned <laughs> up on the Emmy again. I just again. don't want them to eat it. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 They that probably won't. But anyway, so that is that is my um, continuing mystery of the week. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Yes. They also ate my sign that reminds me to not say um and uh. On the podcast, so... You'll never remember now. (laughs) Well, I don't think I remember anyway, (laughs) but... (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I'm done. Before we jump into talking, we want to give a shout out to all our serious friends of the Very Serious Crafts podcast who are supporting us at patreon.com slash serious crafts. And a special shout out to Naomi, who shared her own tale of lubricant and paint pouring with us. Thanks for keeping us very seriously laughing. Uh, I don't know if we need more context than that, but we lolled a lot. (laughs) And if you want to know what we're talking about, you should, uh, you know, join the Patreon so you can read that comment. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Just saying. It's true. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, speaking of buckets of fun and things we've been talking about a lot on the podcast in 2020. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's the year of the... uh, it's the year um, of the pressed plant, I think. Yeah, that's exactly where I was headed. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have finally also succumbed to the plant pressing bug. Uh, <laughs> and Welcome. so right now, all of my like, like a normal person, I keep like a shelf or two of basically reference materials for my life, including needlecraft encyclopedias, plant care dictionaries and things, you know, just yeah, general interests of mine, like, you know. That's normal for me. Um, But the nice thing about these heavy books that I've carried around for years and years of my life, besides like having information that I need, is they make an excellent free plant press. So I've done the method that I used as a kid, which is just, you know, picking out a choice leaf or two or a flower, pressing it in between two pages, and then just ignoring it for two weeks and seeing what happens on the other side. So I can't remember, like, I know I didn't do anything that involved like a... flower with like a stamen or anything that would need like extra moisture or like yeah, size taken well out like that yeah mm-hmm. so i just thought i would do leaves to start and i have a really good range of like colorful variegated leaves from this summer in my house plants so i'm excited yes, to cool. start there so those are pressing and i've ordered a whole bunch of different resin supplies so wish me luck May I give you a resin tip with organic material? Ooh, yes, because I feel like I'm going to give myself a lot of chemical exposure by doing this project. (laughs) It's not even related to that. It's just that if you want it to be clear and not filled with bubbles, Mm, uh, all, I guess, organic things um, or things that are porous need to be sealed um, before they are uh, engulfed in resin. That makes sense. I read that um, the big the big thing with 
The big mistake that a lot of newbies do with flour pressing and then resin is that they're not actually pressed all the way and there's still a little bit of moisture in there. And so then you beautifully like suspend this daisy pressing in resin and then it turns brown because you trapped water in there with it and it's just rotting. It can look kind of cool, but that's not often the look that I find the average flour presser resin person's looking for in 2020. Maybe in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Dumpster fire resin craft. It's just like rotten flowers and just all bubbles. <laughs> um, if if you should find like say a piece of quartz, mm. like like that, it's called an hydro, and it's rare and valuable. Good to know. And by valuable, I mean it, more valuable than regular quartz. We're not talking diamonds. <laughs> no. It's still quartz. Yeah. Um, but any any mineral um, that has a crystal matrix of any kind mm-hmm. can have water suspended within the crystal matrix. And cool. um, if there's air also, you can see it move. Ah, really cool. Very cool. Anyway, that yeah. was an unnecessary fun fact. <laughs> I, I was here for it. Yeah. I also was going to say to you, Haley, um, one of the resin projects that I've of yours that I've like loved from ten years ago probably is that thread resin bracelet you did. It's like a bangle bracelet with like thread yeah. scraps suspended in it. That's the kind of energy I like in resin crafts. <laughs> oh yeah, the the bangle bracelet I think was um, like mini thread spools. Mm. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, even better. Cut cut in half and suspended. Um, But I did pendants that were thread scraps. Um, Boy, did they have bubbles in them. (laughs) (laughs) But it kind of looked cool. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it does. Like, it, I think that can be a stylistic choice as long as you are choosing it. Mm -hmm. Yes. But... Anyway, yeah. I'm excited to see what you make. Yeah, yeah I've only ever done, um, I've used Mod Podge brand's Dimensional Magic, which is like an epoxy resin alternative that's all in one step, and you can buy versions of it that come with glitter in it. And um, it's often used for like making three-dimensional things in scrapbooking projects, is my understanding. Oh, yeah, I remember when that came out. Was yeah. that the CHA you were at, too? <laughs> probably. That was probably, <laughs> this. that was also the year I wrote for their blog. Uh, the Mod Podge Rocks blog. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got very, very oh, uh, familiar with Dimensional Magic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but cool. it's a good, I really liked it because it you still have to worry about bubbles and you can kind of get like training, a training wheel version of Resin Crafts going with it. Because mm-hmm. um, it takes the 24 hours to dry and everything, but it's a little mm-hmm. bit less intense than like gloves and that you throw away, and the mixing jars that you throw away, yeah. and the bottles that can't be thrown away. I have a very, very, very strong Vortex fan. Okay. Going. Um, or go outside. Okay. Um, also, you know, eye protection. Because I have had it explode. Oh. <laughs> Fun. Just. <laughs> I didn't realize an explosion was uh, something I should be worried about, so good thing I'm talking to you. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's a chemical reaction, so explosion might be a a bit more intense than what happened, but I have had it go awry uh, in an extravagant way. <laughs> okay. Noted. <laughs> yes. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. 
I'm really excited to see what you make. Yeah. Are you going to make, um, like, jewelry stuff or... Um, what what do you what are your plans? Um, I ordered some molds for like just some trinket boxes to start, and then I ordered a set of silicone molds on just Amazon that um, are the alphabet because I thought those would be really fun to make for oh, gifts that's cool. or ornaments. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I like yeah. it. Cool. And it's really cute because Ed's been gathering me cute leaves when he's been walk when he's been out on a walk. So it's oh. very sweet. That's adorable. Yeah. And well, Ed is always adorable. Yeah, he is. anyway (laughs) so nice i like it uh Mm -hmm. well kind of in the topic of um throwing it back to the what did we say like the 1890s or something um (laughs) i have (laughs) i have been i just finished watching the entire series that is available anyway i don't know if they ever made more episodes but a show called a stitch in time and it's on Amazon Prime. Oh yeah! Have you I watched love it? That show. Uh-huh. Oh, I knew you would love it, Haley. Um, it is. Yeah, my my haircut twin. Yes, exactly. Is exactly. that the show with the redhead? Yes. As yeah. the host. Okay. Yes. Have you watched it? I have seen one episode. Yeah. So, um, basically, the idea is she's a, f- a fashion historian, and they take they go to uh, they look at paintings or other art pieces, and they reconstruct a an outfit from the those art pieces but which is really cool it is really cool place too yeah and they like because they're going through and they're evaluating um you know what kinds of fabrics it would be and what the construction Mm -hmm. method was and how and they work with um it this is funny so the title that she gives herself is a historic costumier historical costumier and her name is um Nina Michaela and but if you search for historical costume she's the person that comes up I apparently yeah. no other people are using that that title for themselves really but um just really fascinating because they're showing not just the 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 fashion elements of it but um they're they talk about how those fabrics were made and where things were coming from and some of the um historical things that went along with these these uh paintings and my goodness i just loved every moment of every episode oh yeah and i love um that especially when you're talking about portraiture yeah the details like no matter what style of painting was popular for consumption at the time portraiture is still very very detailed and like you get fabric textures and stuff like that it's really cool yeah and they you know like they did they chose to highlight uh, a really interesting range of pieces so they have um like a dress that marie antoinette wore that was not her typical uh, garb, yeah. right? Um, one of my favorite moments was when they were going to be making a set of silk brocade stays, and they asked the host, "Do you want to go ahead? Do you want, would you like to cut this out?" So she's like the fashion historian, but they let her like help with stuff. And the moment of like getting ready to cut into that super expensive 
Silk. Everyone oh, is gosh. watching because like they just stopped their work to watch her. And I was like, oh, this is so relatable. When you have <laughs> that fabric and you're like, I mean, not I'm, I'm not usually cutting into super expensive silk brocade. brocade. But, <laughs> um, but that moment of like, okay, this is my prized fabric. This is like the one the one that I love. And I should I cut it or should I not? And it was, you know, it's very... Was she having that moment? I don't think I saw that episode. Yeah, she was. Or was just everybody having that moment around everyone her? Everyone was having, no, she was having it too. She was like, are you sure? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> and no, no, the other person is like, no, I'm not sure, but go ahead. <laughs> I don't think, I feel like I would have just been like, I'm out. I can't handle this. <laughs> that is extremely relatable. I mean, they, the, the amount of money spent on making some of the garments in this show because it was for the BBC, they had money. I mean, there was literally, they made a reproduction um, piece that they sent out to have hand embroidery in gold work done, probably to the Royal School of Needlework, if I were to I guess. was going to say, Royal School. Mm-hmm. And they said that it was 900 hours or of embroidery. Academy. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever they're called. But 900 hours of embroidery just for these little gold patches. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I mean, you could probably buy more fabric if you need to, but I don't know what that piece of silk cost. It could have been very expensive. I'm sure. I think the, the thing I like best about that show is that they do say how much time went into doing fill-in-the-blank thing. Yeah. And because they're having experts do this right um it's like very real information that you're getting yeah i mean and i i think that really says a lot about how much craftsmanship and time used to go into a single exactly piece of clothing that's and that they estimated that those patches that took 900 hours to embroider probably would have taken a single craftsperson about 10 days to sew on wow yeah and they use all like traditional techniques for for making things so um that was you know but it's also like i felt like i learned even some new techniques while watching Mm -hmm. things for um sewing leather or they use like a hammer to flatten leather seams that I mm. oh yeah I use a hammer to flatten all seams yeah like I've just never I have a specific thought about it for it yeah mm-hmm. that's yeah totally mm-hmm. yeah um and it works so well like it makes um especially if you're doing French seams it makes stitching them so oh much easier. sure yeah that makes sense yeah it was mm-hmm. so um also it's fun yeah <laughs> yes you could see you could see that it was fun as the host got to got to do that but um yeah if if, listeners, if you have Amazon Prime, uh, I would I would highly recommend checking it out. There's I think six episodes, but um, it's called A Stitch in Time, so very fun. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and her hair is just like the most perfect color of red. That if red were an easy color to maintain, I would yeah. totally do it. But it's not yeah. worth the effort yeah. for me. Well, and <laughs> her fashion, I don't know is if awesome that's... as well. It's very yeah. what? she's. Definitely got yeah. her unique style going on. Yeah. She does. Yeah. Uh, which is why I started watching the show to begin with. I, <laughs> I mean. I was like, ah. Certain, you know. One uh, of me. They talk about, you know, people talk about how, like, similar energy attracts similar energy. And so yep. that makes a lot of sense for you, uh-huh. Haley. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, 
But she also wears a lot of hats. That is so true. So it's entirely possible that, um, and I don't know if red is her natural hair color, but if it isn't, it's entirely possible that she gets to be way more chill about the upkeep. Oh, because of the hats. Point. Yep. Good point. Yeah, there's no way. Maybe that's she's just a genius. <laughs> no, it's such a good red, though. It yeah. is. Um, yeah. Yeah. And now we're talking about color again, folks. <laughs> is anyone surprised? <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> uh, so I guess somewhat on the subject of pressing things and um, keeping things yeah it's a little reach it's a little reach (laughs) oh gosh all right so i'm sure that i've mentioned i don't remember any specific episodes but it can't not have happened uh because i feel very strongly about this um i have not been a scrapbook person ever same um (laughs) Mm-hmm. I have also never been a paper craft person, except maybe paper flowers, because I like I like making those. But um, I no longer hate scrapbooking. What Great. happened? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, Haley's so, like, or Heidi's like, that's awesome. And I'm like, what? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I've been very slowly cleaning or calling my bookshelf basically and pulling off things I don't need books that I got a decade ago to review for fill in the blank blog whatever yeah um that I don't need anymore and one of the things that is sort of taking up a bunch of space on my bookshelf is to like very large three ring binders that are basically odds and ends that I have kept, but they don't have a place. Mm-hmm. So the things that you would put in, put in a scrapbook. And I wanted to go through them. Right now they're sort of stored in a combination of page protectors, and baseball card slots. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to get rid of them and, like, really go through them and actually see if there were things that could just go, because I'm quite sure that there are a lot of things that can just go. And so I wanted something that was just more contained. And so... While I was doom scrolling at some point in the past couple of weeks, a an ad for scrapbooks from Mochi Things came up. And I really like that store because yes. compartmentalizing everything and I I just like it. Or and they have the best stickers. I get them for my planner. I love them. Yeah, and I mean their stuff that, is just well, the aesthetic is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and so I got, or I ordered two of their scrap albums that were very much in my style. Um, so one of them that I got is like a ring-bound scrapbook, but the cover is basically graph paper, and it can it 
it's like a whole kit. So it came with some stickers. It came with some photo holders that you can paste in and things like that. And so I'm really enjoying thinking about the layout, like actually looking at things and deciding whether or not I have tossed them in there because I didn't know what to do with them or if Mm -hmm. I tossed them in there because I actually wanted to keep them. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not doing any of the decorating that goes along with traditional scrapbooking or what most people think of as scrapbooking, but I'm sort of doing more... I was looking recently at my grandmother's scrapbook and she has like letters and invitations to dances and valentines from the 50s and like yeah. just really like things that were meaningful but there's there's nothing like she didn't glue butterflies to it. <laughs> I mean it's yeah. it's just a plain book organized in a way that allows for remembering things and enjoying things. And it was the first time I'd ever seen a scrapbook that I really liked mm-hmm. because it was just straightforward and it wasn't distracting because the content was what I was interested in, not the embellishment. Right. And I... I have seen very beautifully done embellished scrapbooks, so I'm certainly not saying that that can't also be a lovely way to do it if that's if that's your thing. Like my cousin Heidi is really good at that, and I like how her things look. It's just not what I'm going for. Sure. Yeah. And so I'm enjoying this experience. And I feel really dumb for <laughs> not realizing before that the scrapbooking experience could be whatever I wanted it to be. It's hard, though, when, like, every craft has its own culture. You know yes. what I mean? And yeah, vibes. and that's, that's and, just yeah. it. I mean, it's sort of like the revelation that the Modern Quilt Guild mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. Um like, oh, oh, right, there are other people who are making things in an, in an aesthetic that I like that, like, there are a lot of people. It's not just me being weird about this thing that everybody else is doing one way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, frankly, that's true about literally everything. Anything that you can... Anything that you're making, there's a group of people who are making it the way that you would like to be making it. But for some reason, I just never applied that. or I, I rarely remember to apply it to myself. It's one of the first things that I tell someone. But And I definitely never thought to apply it to scrapbooking, which might be because I used to do... Um, oh... What is the company? Um, Spellbinders, mm-hmm. I think. I used to do, before fabric die cutting was a thing, I would review their machines and dies using fabric in unexpected ways. So, like, for applique and stuff like that, before that was a thing that was happening. Mm-hmm. And so... 
And this was like more than a decade ago. So, um, so I guess because of being connected with them for so long, it just didn't occur to me. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm kind of excited. And so if anybody else needs that nudge, uh, I I will link to the all of the different kinds of scrapbooks because Mochi Things has a bunch of different aesthetics and different ways of compiling. And I will link to them and I will link to what I got as well uh, if anyone's curious. Yeah, and I will just say I clicked on the link to the one that you got and it's it's super cute. <laughs> yep. But like and I got in a two different sort of colors. You got I did not obviously get, I was gonna say I did not get the pink. You one. did not get the pink. <laughs> No. Uh, no, I I like it. I like no. it. I would. But if I fill up the two that I've got and need another one, I'm gonna have to get the pink one because <laughs> Lord knows, unless I need two more, and then they can be two and two. You could, you could use the pink one to document all of the extra little things that went along with you making your pink books. Yeah. I hate everything about that. <laughs> <laughs> Also, weirdly enough, I don't have much because everything's done so digitally yeah. right now. Yep. Um, like I have photos of some of them, but yeah, that's, I guess I had never thought about that. There's usually ephemera. Like for my first book, I have the blank that was just the cover mock-up mm-hmm. that was, I assume, used at trade shows before the actual book existed and it's a beautiful bound blank book that has the cover of my that's cool of my book on it um yeah it's it's really neat but that's kind of it i I have a couple of letters yeah from editors and my agent but huh anyway that was a rabbit hole we didn't need to go down. <laughs> but yeah, so scrapbooking. Um, maybe, maybe okay. <laughs> I like that ringing endorsement. <laughs> I mean, it, you didn't really expect me to do a dance about it. No, no. probably not. <laughs> yeah. Nope, I'm going to change my entire blog over to scrapbooking. Um, you know what? Forget this podcast and my other one. I am definitely starting a scrapbooking podcast. No. <laughs> anyway. You found your calling. Oh. <laughs> just I kidding. Oh um, we need to be done with that because I'm just going to get more sarcastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well then, on that note... <laughs> This episode of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast is brought to you by the Embroiderers Guild of America. EGA is a community of stitch-minded people who inspire passion for the needle arts through education and the celebration of its heritage. Become a member today! Registration is now open for the 2021 National Seminar, The Magnificent Stitch, to be held in Chicago. Learn more at egausa.org. So lately, I've been really busy, like I said at the top of the episode, But it's kind of funny when you're busy working on a project, the kind of things that your mind wanders to, (laughs) to do another project on. (laughs) Um, And so 
Lately, as I've been working to launch my YouTube channel specifically, I keep thinking about making afghans because I'm making, one of the things I'm making for my YouTube channel right now at the launch is a whole bunch of knitting stitch tutorials. But I'm always, like, I've been cool. a knit designer for long enough that I have a far too full drawer of swatches. And they're, you know, yes. different fibers, different sizes. And you say to yourself when you start swatching, like, oh, it, this work is justifiable. Not only will I get my gauge, I can sew this into a blanket. But almost nobody makes standard size swatches. <laughs> ah, yes. And almost so, nobody. <laughs> and so what I'm trying to do is, like, be a little more thoughtful about it and make sure that the swatches I'm making are the same yarn, even though it's different colors, and make sure that they're all, uh, like, seven and a half inches um, so then I can easily seam them later because mm -hmm. that makes that work go a little further. And I hate to, you know, like waste good wool yarn yeah. on just a swatch if it's just for a video. Like, yes, it serves a purpose in being educational, but like, I think I can be a little more uh, eco-friendly if I'm thoughtful oh, yeah. Yeah. in like all phases of my making. So that's why I've got a small obsession again with afghans <laughs> well beyond it being eco-friendly it's time friendly and hand friendly and you know yeah. like again yes you are it is for a specific purpose and because i have these uh, these things not with swatches just with all the different kinds of things that i'm making where mm -hmm. but sometimes embroidery stitch tutorial swatches if you will yeah um yeah. and you just are like okay but i've put this time into this what do i it's not just about the, you know, quote, waste of materials. It's also all of the things. And if you can make it work mm -hmm. for you in more than one way, then of yeah. course that's a good idea. And I'm trying to stick to 100% wool, even if I'm going to use like salvaged yarn or different yarn or leftover yarn. And I'm trying to stick to worsted weight because I wanted to go with whatever yarn I had the most of weight-wise in my stash. Yeah. And, and also then, yeah. that makes stitches easy to see. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but specifically for the, if I'm thinking of the Afghan at the oh, end of oh, this, yeah, it's yeah, about yes. care. Yeah. Yeah. But both of those things. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Hadn't thought of that. But yeah, so Afghans, they're fun. That's cool. <laughs> I... There's so many people that wouldn't touch an Afghan project with a 10 foot pole. And I'm like, if you're knitting it in seven by seven squares, just start and you'll have a blanket in a year. Like, yeah. Magic. Yeah. Seam I... it on Christmas. I have, I have this Granny book squares. that is, um, I can't remember what it's called. It's like basically a hundred Afghan squares or something. And it's just different mm -hmm. stitch patterns to use for making an Afghan that way. And I started making one and I had situation going on with yarn and whatever. And it, I abandoned it. I had situation going yeah. on. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, that's basically those... Those squares are the same idea of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's putting it together piece by piece and trying out different designs and stuff. It's a, I like it. Yeah, yeah, I love that idea. It's like mixing like quilt blocks together to see what pattern yeah. you'd like to have. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that sounds really fun. I wish that my, well, let's just say that I do not have standard swatches. <laughs> I have swatches. I certainly do that. But they aren't blocked to a standard size and and stuff like that. You could so that's you could do something mm -hmm. crazy like 
knitting tiny little bits to piece it all together and make it, you know, like a frankly yeah, crazy cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, but half of my swatches are crochet. Even because... better. Okay. That fair. would be insane. <laughs> I hate crazy quilts with a fiery passion, though. Yes. <laughs> and I feel like this would be... Oh God! Yeah, just not for just not not for you. Not for you. <laughs> no, but I'm really excited to see what you come up with. Yeah, Heidi. I think that's gonna be beautiful. Okay, Thank so you. how many squares do you have? Um, right now I've I've got like let's see seven or eight I want to say. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so even with just when they're like seven seven and a half inches, um, it's it's pretty quickly. The right size to be like a baby blanket, which is nice too. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask what your goal was, if it was. Well, my goal is to have a successful YouTube channel. <laughs> Tune in, America. Um, which is why I'm going for consistency. Yeah, well, to that also. <laughs> Telling truths on the Very Serious Crafts podcast. <laughs> Heidi Gus Dead Trademark. I, <laughs> I don't know why it. I've got that fanfare thing. I Um... <laughs> But yeah, that's me. I cool. like it. All right. Should we should we get some more fanfare for what I brought to share today? I don't I feel like it would be a goth fanfare. Yes, a goth fanfare. This isn't that old actually, but I have brought to share uh, another another doll found at my house. And she's dancing around in the video chat right now. <laughs> she's got a a large forehead. She has a large yeah. forehead. She's a little lopsided face. Little lopsided face. The, That's cute. The eyes are very wide, widely set, and she's got two little red like <laughs> marks for her nose, um, and some there seriously, are some slashes. <laughs> seriously, yeah, seriously, red lips. Um, so she's a she is a cloth doll. Um, my. She looks old. She well, she does look old. I but. My mom seems to think that it was made for her, which would not make it that old. But um, I, I, we believe that my um, my grandma's cousin made this for my mom, and okay. um, they were the they were the same age. Let's see, she was born in nineteen sixteen. So um, wow, and she's got yarn because that would have been my guess, like the, around turn of the century. Yeah, so I mean, unless. This was actually made by someone else and then given to my mom at some point. Maybe it belonged to my grandma's cousin. I don't know. Uh, she has yarn hair that is still mostly intact, even though it would be a um, wool yarn. Uh, she's got this little dress that is kind of a sheer cotton fabric with stripes and little lace around the uh, neck, sleeves, and hem. And Ooh, that'll help date it. Is it handmade? I guess it could be. It could be. But the the real thing is she is fairly dirty. Um, she has spots um, on her. <laughs> I'm lifting up her skirt as I'm saying that this is a dirty doll. And we're going to get further down that, that road in a moment. But you can see some of these spots in the video. And I will definitely share a photo of this. Um, that looks like blood. It does look like blood as I'm holding this, you know, with unprotected anything. You can see her legs are very spotted just over time. Um, 
She's been on some adventures. She's been on it, some it, adventures. It's safe to say. She's got some, some tear, um, you know, a little bit of tearing in the fabric. And my mom said to her, or to me, <laughs> she didn't talk to the doll. Um, <laughs> Molly's losing it. Uh-huh. Yep. She said, she said, I really would like to clean this. What do you think I should do to clean this? And she said, well, what if I just like removed some of the like pieces from it and like put it into a bag and toss it in the washing machine? I was like, no, that's a terrible idea. No. Yeah, that that needs some soaking and hand washing. So I I just did, I did a quick Google search for Mm. how to clean an antique cloth doll. And this was the top result that came up. Like in the little Google box, it like, you know, highlighted text from a particular page. Is it burn it? Burn it. <laughs> That's only for specifically haunted dolls. And, okay. and I the don't, Velveteen that, Rabbit. That one I don't think is. Yeah. Um, oh, the Velveteen Rabbit. Oh, man. Oh, Heidi. But what Google presented me was um, an excerpt from a page at theantiquesalmanac.com. Hmm. And this is what it said. Wash the doll with a clean washcloth that you've wrung out to make it wet but not dripping. Use a mild soap or dish detergent. After you've carefully washed your cloth doll, hang it or lay it flat on a towel to avoid shrinking or damaging the doll's delicate parts. Oh, great. Delicate parts. Great. I see. Yes. Wow. That. I'm not <laughs> capable of not making a joke about that. I, I read it and I think my eyes kind of bugged out a little bit that that was... The description. But how else? (laughs) I know. I would say the most delicate areas on the doll, or perhaps the most fragile places. Uh, But it all goes back to. Yeah, and there's no way to not cringe or giggle. Exactly. And I, it was at that point that I was like, okay, well, obviously we're going to talk about cleaning an antique handmade doll on the podcast because of the delicate parts. But um, <laughs> it really, I, I will say on, on this particular doll, the delicate parts are the dress. That is the thing. Yeah. And the dress is what is really, um, it's really stained and her legs yeah. are spotty, but not as delicate. But, um, but it does actually say you could... If it's sturdy enough, you could toss it in the washing machine on the gentle cycle, but... I don't think that's a good idea. That's not, not a good idea. Not that one. No, 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 no. I mean, but no. even, like... I'd wash it in, like, um, the same thing I... <laughs> the same thing I wash my bras in. Yeah, the, uh, the delicate, the delicates. But, soap um, wash. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that part of that goes down to, like, how old is your cloth doll that you're talking about? Because yeah, yeah, how brittle is that? Yeah, and I what think is there's I, antique. You know, I did so. I did a video for um, Ukulan fiber wash last year. Yeah, yeah, and one of oh, and, they make good stuff too. Yeah, and they did one of the videos I did was like how to block knitting, like a basic one. But the other one I did was how to clean baby stuff with it. And they mm-hmm. specifically it was everything from pacifiers to toys to like baby Bjorns. Um, and so I have a hunch, uh, so I have two thoughts. One is I have a hunch those instructions might be more envisioning like, oh, well, love Teddy Ruxpin from 1985 or whatever, needing spot cleaned. Oh, you Teddy know? Ruxpin, definitely <laughs> haunted. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean though? You know what I'm saying, Molly? Like yes. it's more like that's, yes. I, if I had to guess based on just what I learned when I did that video, um, I have a hunch that they don't envision, um, hand embroidered, delicate doll yeah. stuff. 
And I wouldn't soak yeah. that thing at all because you don't know what's no. it's necessarily stuffed with. I think for her body, you should be spot cleaning with like a really diluted, delicate wash like Ugolan. Yeah. And making sure it's, like, well-ventilated. But I would only do that by hand and only spot clean. Well, If I mean, that, honestly. Me, I usually leave my yeah. stuff dirty. Yeah, that's kind if of it's what a, I If it's an like, heirloom. I think, I think that, I mean, obviously. I'd throw it in. <laughs> I'd throw it in a bucket of, uh, of soak or eucalyptus or whatever. It's just, I mean, it's, she's fairly firmly stuffed like yeah but is she sawdust maybe well that's why i'm saying i don't think i would mess with soaking something like that i mean if you were able to dry it flat like on um like a cookie cooling yeah uh rack yeah um in low humidity with a lot of air circulation that would probably be fine. Otherwise, yeah, I agree that soaking it is asking for trouble. Yeah, she might just... I mean, you can see, like, the hand stitches holding her legs and arms on. and Is the dress attached? No. I could take the dress off. But, I mean, frankly, the way that the buttonholes are, they are already quite... You wouldn't even like, want to take the dress off. I'd be afraid off. to take the dress off. Yeah, that I might yeah. tear it more. It's, okay. Yeah. I mean, she's got a, a lot of delicate parts. <laughs> uh, uh, what a phrase. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I think what what Heidi was saying is exactly what you should do. And I bet it'll make a pretty big difference. Yeah, we'll, we'll try. Just a lot of blotting. We'll try so some, much blotting. We'll try some leg and, blotting. And what I'd recommend, just, I'm no expert here, but the little I know from that specific video. Yes. Because I had to do training for it. Um, I would recommend doing, like, a little, like, cut of a sponge, like, just a little tiny one. Uh-huh. And then yeah. just put in the delicate wash, like, in a one to three ratio with water. Okay. Because yeah. that puts the least amount on there. And if you use a no-rinse formula, yes. like a Eucalan, mm-hmm. um, they that works really well because then you don't have to get as much moisture on yeah. this historic yeah. object. Okay. That sponge idea is really smart. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I have some no rinse uh, soak that mm-hmm. might. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I might. Any Anything for knitting would be good for yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. And I think the spots that I'm making fun of uh, are actually probably rust. Yeah. It's it, mm. There's too much on here in different spots that. I, I think that something really bad would have happened near this doll if it's actually blood. <laughs> I'm thinking well, she got set on a shelf for a really long time. Yeah. 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 So anyway. Uh, what a good topic, Molly. That's cool. She, I mean, I'm, it I'm is it's a cool thing to, to have. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Haunted or not. Haunted or not, exactly. Oh, I like that. That makes me... That makes me happy. I I like to see a well-loved item cared for. Yeah. Well, what else is making you happy today, Haley? <clears throat> Pajamas. <laughs> it's a good one. That works for me. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, due to having largely not left my apartment because of... COVID uh, for what, five months, almost six months? I don't know. It's been a long time. Yeah. And 
Because we've all been doing an awful lot of video meetings. <laughs> and sometimes you have to look pulled together, but you have just pulled yourself out of bed. And I, I can say that at this very moment, I am sitting here in my pajamas. Me but too. Not, yes, but but not fancy pajamas. Also me too. <laughs> But, uh, so I was, I sort of stumbled across the, this idea of beach pajamas that were big in the, um, years between world wars. Yeah. And so. Had to get that beach time in while you could, you know? Right. Well, (laughs) but they were also a very, very early, women wearing pants and it being fine mm-hmm. um, or less scandalous than it otherwise would have been. And so I came across this article called uh, The Interwar Gender Bending Glamour of the Beach Pajama. Nice. And I was just like, yes, I am here for it. I don't even need to read anything. Else. <laughs> um and but there are a lot of historic photos of these and basically it looks a lot like our jumpsuits yeah and but they look so comfortable but also so stylish and there are photos of both more formal settings or actually being on the beach and i just I love it. I think that it is such an interesting clothing fad. And obviously, many of these things were handmade. And it's clear that, well, pretty much all of them are handmade and tailored. So they are really, they're drapey. They're not... um, what one would call risque, but they were extremely risque for the time. Yeah. Because they were flowing fabric. You could see the shape of the body. And Yeah, those so, pants are really good for making your ass look good. Pro tip 2020, yes, ladies. they are. Um, so that sort of got me started down this rabbit hole. And sort of at the same time, I was scrolling through Instagram and saw um, Gretchen Hirsch's Harlow pajamas, Mm. which is her modern take. Well, it is, it's more of a reproduction of these pajamas, the, the beach pajama. And the whole idea of hers is glamour, but pajamas. And so you can wear them out and nobody would know you were wearing pajamas, but they would be just as comfortable. And so there is a free Harlow pajamas pattern um, for her charm patterns by Gertie. I'm amazed that this is a free pattern. This is so cool. That's very generous of her. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, it is. And so I'm just really into that idea. And I think because we are all 
largely trapped inside, largely probably seated, um, and some, t- and I mean, you don't necessarily <laughs> want to wear a, a bra all day or <laughs> anything like that. Like this is, it looks pulled together and it looks stylish. Yeah. And, like, appropriate for running errands and appropriate for relaxing outdoors if that is a possibility for you, but also totally acceptable for a video call. Like, you would definitely look put together. And so I just, I'm kind of obsessed with the idea of beach pajamas. Yeah, so... And, I mean, just beach pajamas. Think think of beach pajamas. <laughs> I so first of all, I have to say, um, a lot of these definitely are more glam than I, than I feel like I could pull off. Although I have to say, one of the photos of um, the Harlow pajamas, I I looked at it and went, okay, actually maybe maybe I could, maybe that would work for me. But I have to say, is that the one with her sitting in the chair? It's the one she's. Um, it was when I saw her seated at like a little table and she's got the curlers in her hair. It's yep, 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 yep. like the pink check. It's it's very cute. But my favorite on that first article that you um pulled up is a set mm-hmm. where um they've got these bold um stripes at like the top shoulders and it's three women walking together and then it's got the stripes on the bottom of the pants. And it's a, you know, some of these look almost like a one piece. This is definitely a two piece thing. That is like, it does, it looks so much like what you would see, I mean, on a runway now. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that all of them are two pieces just by way of how they were meant to function. Yeah. But they are so so well tailored and so well coordinated that i mean obviously they were made to be matching sets yeah um one thing i wanted to mention about uh beach pajamas while we're on this topic is um a pattern company that i'm always standing decades of style um you're when you started talking about this Haley, i immediately thought of their 1930s patterns um, I mean, you can't yes, really compete yes, yes. with Gertie's free <laughs> pattern, but Decades of Style has a beach pajama that I love. It's in this style. It's in their, it's, a, it's on their website in the section of 1930s yeah. patterns. I'll link it in the show notes. Cool. But very interestingly, they also have a pattern for kitchenette pajamas from the 30s. So if you want to talk about oh, next cool. level lounging at home and vintage clothes from the 30s, pajamas. let's talk about kitchenette pajamas. I mean, I'm looking <laughs> at them and it seems... That the the difference between beach pajamas and kitchenette pajamas is a back fastening <laughs> and cap sleeves. The style is, to me looks a little bit more like an apron explicitly, um, and I think maybe that's which makes sense like, if we're calling uh, them kitchenette. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm just looking at it. Um, I was looking at it just on the models, not. On, not the actual also sketch of well look for yourself item. listeners this will be in the show yeah, notes. really sure liking the be. the teeny pockets that are on those little those little side flaps yeah this is really cute mm-hmm. and i think they could mod into pajamas really well if you wanted to just skip the tie part and just make a plain top sure yeah, yeah. 
Um, Ooh, fun yeah. finds. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I want to... I feel like it's a little late in this whole thing to suddenly want to dive into beach pajamas, but also so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not like I'm going outside, so it doesn't have to be. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Ooh, how how cute that. would Christmas, like a Christmas version of the kitchen at pajamas be? Oh, yes. Oh, and right? Gosh. Also, I did see Decades of Style has what they have as their last resort beach PJs. Yeah, that that's the a, one that I first thought of. Like yeah. the little jacket over it. That would be mm-hmm. perfect for Christmas because then you've got the extra little cover-up to keep you warm. And you could add a fur mm-hmm. line, like our faux fur collar, so it's very Santa-ish. Oh, my. That is delightful. <laughs> and there's an example of the little jacket in practice in the article that has the historic photos that we will also link to. Yeah. And I love that part, and I didn't even think about bringing it up, but as very pale people, um, that would be an extremely useful addition to a beach pajama. Very true, because otherwise, yeah, yeah, you'd need so much sunscreen. Yes. Well, and I mean, honestly, anybody should wear the the jacket because everybody needs sunscreen. Yes, it's true. So well, never mind. I this... rescind my very, very pale comment, <laughs> and I'm just going to go with blanket everyone. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very well, this, is, this has been a delightful conversation, but we've been talking for a while. We have ladies. been. This has been a long one, but lots of good stuff to chat about today. Shall I wrap oh. this up? Yes, please. Thanks for listening to the Very Serious Crafts podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at at Serious Crafts and on Facebook at Very Serious Crafts. You can also find show notes and all things Very Serious Crafts at VerySeriousCrafts.com. And finally, if you're a fan of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Good ratings help us show up in recommendations, which helps more people who love crafting find us. Yeah. Thank you. Pretty please. Yay. <laughs>